here with Conrad White of the Merrimack College Men's Soccer Program for the NEC Champions for Change Initiative. And, and Conrad, you know, thank you for, for being here. And just, just to start uh, as part of this, can you just discuss from your background how you've experienced racism personally and its impact on you? Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Um, so, you know, um, I've not experienced racism in a big way since I moved to the country in 2010. But you know, there were some small things that happened at the time that I really didn't think about as much. Um, one of those things being, you know, um, being a club soccer coach, you would you would go to these uh, places to play matches and you would find that you're going through the line after the game shaking hands and there was one or two players that would skip your hand. You know, they'd shake everybody's hand, they get to your hand and rather than high-fiving, they'd skip over it and then they'll, they'll get the person at the back of you. And it happened a few times and, you know, I really never paid it any mind. I just thought it was maybe sour grapes because the kids weren't happy. But then it, it happened a few times and it was like, okay, you now you start seeing a pattern and you start seeing that, you know, this is this is what it is. So um, being the person that I am, you know, I just, I just took it in stride and I just moved past it. Um, you know, another situation I had was um, I was in... Um, I was in a state and, and, and I stopped at a, at a gas station to get some, to get some gas and, and some other things. And, and you know, the, the, the cashier would not touch my hand to give me my change. They literally threw the money at me. And it was like, it was like, okay, you know, if that's how it has to be. So I just walked out, you know, I, I paid and I walked out, I left my change. I just, I just left. And, you know, and, and especially with everything, with with everything going on recently, you know, what are your thoughts on on the development of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement? You know, and and, and really the the protesting and the and the fight, you know, nationwide in our country going on right now, and this this effort to enact change and and to to end racism in this country. I think the biggest thing right now is that people are actually listening. I think um, there's a there's a certain level of inclusion if you if you watch what's happening. Um, it's not just um, Black Lives Matter and it's a bunch of um, black people or colored folks or black and brown folks that are, that are attending these things. You have our brothers and sisters that are not necessarily of color. And so it, 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 it rings the bell and it says, listen, it, it's a time for change. People are not standing for the nonsense anymore. Um, it's time to have inclusion. It's time to have a real conversation about racism and how it's affecting um, living, breathing individuals who have the same blood as you do, who who, who die as, as you do, who, who do, does the things that you do. And so it's important to understand that, you know, big corporations, companies, universities, all these places are now making changes. They're now looking at policies. They're trying to ensure that there's a level of decency. There's a level of inclusion. There's a level of, of, of subtlety and understanding and solidarity that's, that's going on in the world today. So it's, it's really huge. I think I think the biggest part of it is that we are now, as as being black and brown folk, we are not alone in this fight. And how do you hope uh, this time in our country will will lead to to positive change uh, in our world? It's actually it's it, it's funny because it's actually led to it. It, it. it started. I mean, you look you look around, you look at the the German Bundesliga that has just started up again. You look at what's happening over there. You look at what's happening in England. Um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, what the players are doing before games, the players and the coaches and, and the staff and the, the, the groundsmen and everybody. And so now it, it, it's a worldwide thing where people are not going to just sit around anymore and say, you know, it's, it's happened, let's move on, let's be the bigger man, yes. But however, we are now seeing that real erosion of all the things that, that you know, we have held this thing in for a very long time. And so now, because, because of the camaraderie, 
around the world. You know, you're looking at France, you're looking at all these other countries and you're seeing what's happening over there. You're looking at the protests, the protests, <laughs> and you're seeing that these are huge. And then you look at the makeup, you look, you look at the demographics and you see this movement is not something that's going to stop anytime soon. And so I think that we are making, we're making a huge impact on, on what's happening around the world. For, for you personally, do you have any, you mentioned a couple of things at the, at the beginning of this, um, but any, any stories that you'd like to share um, regarding the fight for change recently, potentially from protests you may have attended, you know, or, or anything else, uh, anything else going on at the moment? So, um, so I live in Quincy, um, which is a predominantly white community. So most of my friends are, are, are white. And, and so um, we have these real conversations. I know there are people that have been around for the last 10 years and, 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 and have been around me for the last 10 years. I've gone to their homes. They have come to my home. Uh, my kids have played with their kids. And so we have these conversations about, you know, what can they do to help? What can they do to help? And I, I'm always telling them the same thing. Have the real conversations. You know, have the tough conversations. Make sure that you're, you're, you're having these conversations with your kids, you're having them with your friends, um, you're having them with me, because only a person who is in it knows how to deal with it. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you can sympathize with me, but at the end of the day, the idea is I have to tell you how it feels. I have to be able to have an honest conversation with you without you feeling um, a sense of anxiety or a sense of, you know, I really wish I wasn't having this conversation because that's the only way things are going to change. You have to have the real tough conversations, but you can't go forcing it on people as well. They have to reach out to you and say, you know, you know, how do you feel about this? How, how do you, you know, how do I handle this? What happened in this way? And so for me, it's just having those real conversations with people who really wants to have those conversations. Um, as far as the protest goes, um, my family is, um, we have diabetes in my family, prostate, my dad died of prostate, and we have these underlying conditions that would make us very vulnerable to, to COVID right now. So I have to be very aware of, of what's going on in my family. And so, so I haven't really been to the protest, protest because I don't want to have to, to, to be, you know, figuring out how do I deal with my family after that. But, you know, I've been watching, I've been paying attention. I've been having lots of conversations. The good thing for me is that I run a club here in Quincy. So I, you know, I'm in constant contact with families and parents and, and over 300 parents um, that I have to be in contact with on a daily basis. So, you know, there's a level of comfort um, in having these conversations. And, you know, to uh, uh, a great transition into the, you know, the world that we're in of, of sports and, and, and you talked about, you know, you brought up the, the Bundesliga, what's going on in the Premier League um, and how sports can be just a, a symbol of camaraderie, togetherness and, and things of that nature and how the role of sports, whether it's at Merrimack and the NEC or as we, you know, you know, worldwide, you know, it's such a powerful vehicle of change potentially. And, you know, how do you think that, you know, the, the sport that you coach of soccer and just sports in general can be, can be a vehicle of change right now? Well, I think the first thing about this has to be um, leadership. I think, I think that we, you know, the tough conversation is, I don't think that there's enough people of leadership in color, um, sorry, in co um, of color in leadership. I think that, you know, to have a meaningful conversation about something means that I have to have a conversation with someone who has felt it, who understands what it is to feel that way. Um, so when you when you look around, you look at the landscape of our league, you look at the, the, the colleges, you look at how things are um, structured, 
Um, it's very difficult to have a certain conversation with someone who, who doesn't understand where you're coming from. And I think that the first thing we have to do is find people of, of color that, that not, not to give handouts, but people of color that are qualified, that tick all the boxes and, and bring them in, bring them to the table, have, let them have a meaningful conversation about the way we go about changing things, the way how we change, the way how we do the things that we do. Um, then that will trickle down onto the field where you now have the camaraderie between the players um, that can have that meaningful conversation. The players, they're together a lot of the times. They, they travel on buses together. They stay in rooms together. They won't be so... It, the conversations won't be so difficult because those guys are in the foxhole together. They're doing things together. They're working hard together because we are part of a team sport um, situation. But I think the, the, the basis has to be people of color, more people of color have to be in leadership roles so that we can have that trickling effect trickling down. And then lastly, uh, Conrad, just to, you know, of everything you've talked about, is there anything else, you know, you'd like to add, uh, anything else you'd, you'd, you'd like to, to share about, um, about the, 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 the fight to end racism? Yes. Um, so for me, how do we get the pursuit of a more equitable world? Okay. Um, for me, it has to be, there has to, there has to be some solidarity around the world. It has to be, you know, it's going to take a lot of solidarity, just put it that way, you know, for us to, to have a more equitable world. For me, it was never about black lives matter or about all lives don't matter. That's not what it was about for me. For me, it was about what was happening to black people in our communities and for the fight for change of equality and inclusion and to show that racism cannot be acceptable and will not be acceptable. It was never just about Black Lives Matter for me. It was about, it was about all those other things that made us, you know, made us have to do what we're doing now in terms of the protests, the protests and the marches and all that stuff. It was, it was always about that for me and never just Black Lives Matter. It can't just always be about Black Lives Matter and all other lives doesn't matter. It's never been that. It's just what's been happening to us in the communities and that, that, that reeks of something that, that, that is not good.